The Braves Radio Network channel on the Podcast Park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Hey, welcome to Braves Country. Dude, yeah. suburban drawl, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, that's thank so you. brilliant because that's what I am. I grew up in the mountains, but I've lived in Alpharetta for 16 years now, and that's truly what it is. Well, you know, album titles are hard. Sometimes I've started out with the title before I went in and made the record. This one, I had the record made and was like, what am I going to call this thing? And I, I bet I went through 50 different ones. And when Suburban, and I think I was like driving down here somewhere, and I started thinking about Suburban Sprawl. And yeah. it's like Sprawl, Suburban Draw. That's it. That's brilliant. Like It's funny how when something that good comes to you, you're like, that's it. It's so perfect. It's like God given to you or something. And a lot of times you you find one, you're like, that's a great album title. Then you search it and you realize there's 20 other albums called that. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. Podcast, same <laughs> way. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. I love it. Corey Smith is back. The fan-made singer-songwriter from Jefferson, Georgia, who tells it like it is, Smith has a brand new album called Suburban Draw, and he's here to premiere the first single, Still in the Running. We'll play the album version at the end of the show, but he's brought his trusty acoustic guitar to the Braves Radio Network to play it live in studio as well. And since he's such a big Braves and Dogs fan, we'll hope to get his thoughts and predictions for 2023 across the wide, wide world of sports. Corey Smith, welcome back to the Braves Country Podcast, buddy. How you doing? Glad to be here. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, It started off just phenomenally well uh, for the Bulldog Nation, you know. And and today I drove down here from Jefferson. We didn't stop in traffic one time. We just coasted right on down to the battery. It's never happened before. So maybe it's a sign of things to come next week. Gosh, Um, I hope so. I like that. All green lights. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like uh, one of those uh, financial planning commercials, you know, where everything's all green lights and everything couldn't be better and you're getting all kinds of money and your taxes go down. Yeah. Speaking of financial planning, did you eat your peas and greens on New Year's Day? Oh, of course. 
course. Okay. Yeah, it, it's easy for me because I eat peas and greens all the time anyway. Right. So it's just a, like another meal. <laughs> That's a great Southern tradition, really. Uh, Black-eyed peas and collard greens. And uh, my mom always told me the, the peas are for luck and the greens are for the cash. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's what you heard, too, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Do folks do that around the rest of the country, though? I don't know if they do. I, th- I think some people do. My, so my grandma, she was born in Pennsylvania and moved to Georgia when she was... 16 and she knew of that maybe it's because she grew up here really more than did she did there but i always wonder if that's something that they do there too and i don't spend enough time in pennsylvania to know and before we get into 23 too much uh, how was your 22 you want to recap it well you know I, we were talking on the way down here and i was remembering the last time i was here and it was october 21 the braves were in the nlcs at that time i think they were they were in the series with the dodgers we go on and yeah. the rest is history. Yeah, and well. then and then the dogs win. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, you yeah, couldn't one, ask for more. <laughs> no. 22 did not disappoint. It was nice. Uh, things were starting to get back to normal from a from a touring standpoint. Sure. Uh, I was in I was in the studio a lot. I wrote I really have been writing a lot for the past uh past few years. Um so I actually finished a record, uh recorded it up in Nashville with my friend Eric Dillon, uh who produced it and uh yeah, it was just yeah, great time and still energized and looking forward to 23. I love it, man. And and you're such a fan favorite with people from Athens or have spent time in Athens and all around the Southeast, but it all starts there in Athens. And a guy that works here at, the, at Dickie Broadcasting over on our sister station, The Fan, 680-93.7 FM, which is the home of the Braves and the official sports talk radio station of the Georgia Bulldogs. He was like, who is in there, you know, playing there today on the on the podcast? Because he's always curious and he's a mu- kind of a music guy too. And I was like, Scorsmith? He was like, are you kidding me? I've been listening that guy for so long he was like i can't believe he's here and so he came in it was so funny to see him because he he's been around he's met lots of people but it's so funny when people that there's something nostalgic about their music or there's something that you just feel in your soul when they sing or if you're a George Bulldogs fan, I mean, you you can just see the expression that's so different than if I would have said it was anybody else. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm, I I've just got this idea that authenticity is is infectious to people. It and is. The more I can be myself when I'm on stage, the more I can be myself and express myself when I'm when I'm writing, the the better success I, I, I tend to have. And uh, I try not to be, you know, pretentious because I'm not not a pretentious person. Uh, I just try to be myself. And, th- you know, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, people people from here and that, that know me, you know, from back in the day in Athens or whatever, they know the places that those songs are about. It's got a real uh, specific sense of place to it. But even in Ohio and Chicago, out in Texas, like in other parts of the country, people respond in a very similar way because they, and and it's not the fact that it's the specific place that they know, it's the sentiment. And they, sure. and they sense, I, I like to think they sense, you know, some authenticity. Um, and that that's really, that's what I look for in great music is that's real, you know. Yeah. It's, um, you feel it in your soul, man. Yeah. And it takes you somewhere. Yeah, and it and it's uh, sometimes it's can be painful because you to to do that you've got to kind of expose yourself you, and uh, you know I've written songs that meant a lot to me that, where I felt very vulnerable and then some sometimes people don't like those songs and that's you know you kind of have to roll with the punches on that uh, and each each song comes with that little bit of a risk and each record certainly does uh, you know I've I've made records before that that years later I, I look back and. I, I don't really love it, and I and I get now why maybe certain fans didn't love it. Um, but it just you know it's all the, the the same process has been going on since the very beginning, and it's just trying to get better at, at expressing myself and and 
enjoying it. And I think now because the the pandemic and all the time at home, I enjoy it more than ever. I enjoy every element of it more than ever. Brian Hoyt and I were having that same conversation about Georgia football. There's 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 certain things that happen that absolutely influence your mood. It influences the things that you remember. Music and and sports they go hand in glove because there's such an emotional attachment that you have to it and speaking of uh how was it for you on new year's eve i, I hear you were playing a show and watching the game at the same time and do counting do down the clock <laughs> let me tell you it seems like a lot going on so over the years there have been a few times where a big georgia game coincides with me being on stage and it is a, it's a nightmare i think the last time it had happened was when notre dame played in athens and I had to go on in about the third quarter, and I missed the whole second half because I was on stage and just got, you know, finished the show. And they're like, "We won," you know, <laughs> but I missed all that drama. You know, my family's there, and the whole time, I, I've learned the only thing I can do is just do my best to block it out I, and and say, "Hey, me watching it is not going to change the outcome." You know, go dogs. I'm going to go to work, and we'll see what happens. This one was particularly hard because it was New Year's Eve. We went on. We were at Myrtle Beach House of Blues. It's a tradition I've had going on now for such like such a great place years. to see a show oh, too. Yeah. Uh, and we had like my family was there, my wife and kids were there, my, my son's girlfriend, my cousins, uh, one of my son's friends. All the guys in the band had their family families there. It was you know a nice kind of rah rah end of the year date. And so when I saw the kickoff time for the Peach Bowl, I was like, no, <laughs> no. And uh, so, because kickoffs at eight, we go on. We went on at ten thirty, so it it was just the beginning of the third quarter when it was time to go on. I was hoping for a blowout, like most dogs were. Of course, sure. And so I was thinking, if we're up by three touchdowns, you know, it'll be piece of cake. Well, was not a blowout, we right? It was right. not. It was a. There was reason for concern. So I go on stage at ten thirty. I tell uh, my stage manager, I'm like, hey, just don't tell me anything about the game uh, unless I ask. And uh, or unless it's something overwhelmingly positive that you know I'm going to be. They ran about. one back. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I I went to work. I tried to block it in my mind, and as fate would have it, there were three guys on the front row decked out in Georgia gear with their phone, and they're watching the phone. And it didn't hurt my feelings at all that they're watching the phone on the front row. I got I love it. it. Yeah. And so I was just I would look down at them and read their faces, and I could tell <laughs> like this is not going well for the yeah, dogs right it now. It wasn't. And uh, I, I actually looked down at it at one point, and I kind of was like, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? And they just shook their head, mm. and they were like kind of in the middle. Yeah. Um, so we, we had to get off stage at 11.52, I think, to um, – To time everything into like the, right. the New Year stuff. Right, we clear the stage. They yeah. bring down the screen. Yeah. Get, and then everybody gets champagne and all the family, all the band, everybody comes out on stage, and we do the toast. And then we go back out and play some more afterwards. That's the tradition. And, so we clear the stage, and of course, the first thing is like, all right, what's going on? And that's right as uh, Stetson threw that last touchdown, and we're up by one, you know, and then we, we see the clock, uh, you know, things are happening real fast, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, they have time to score. They're in field goal range. Now it's like the clock, there's a minute left till midnight. So it's like, get out on stage, we've all got our champagne. And uh, the guy that opened the show for me, Jeb Gibson's from up in Raven County, uh, he had it pulled up on his phone. So we're out there in front of, you know, a thousand people, you know, trying to count down. And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm looking at this phone and I am not kidding you. When we got to zero, that ball was in the air and yeah. hooked left. 
and I lost my mind. I love it. I mean, I feel I'm I'm like almost ashamed of how I must have looked <laughs> to the people in the crowd because a lot of them weren't tuned into the game like I was. You know, yeah. we were in South Carolina, so yeah. there were definitely Georgia fans there. But I mean, I I had my champagne. I forgot to kiss my wife. I threw my <laughs> champagne down. I went running to those guys on the front row, and I mean, I was an absolute clinical maniac for about three minutes there uh, that's awesome it was so good and and i know scott shared it on the braves country podcast page just the the whole countdown exactly what you just uh, described and i was like oh my gosh i can't believe it i'd probably had too many vodka drinks at, at yeah. that point in the evening and i never say we did it because i've never taken a snap at georgia you know i always say they did it well, and my team did it whatever but I was doing the high step. I mean, I looked like I could have been a running back, running <laughs> through, you know, arms. I was like, we did it! We, I mean, I I, we you're talking about it. looking crazy. My yeah. wife, I didn't, I don't think I kissed her either. I was. Yeah. I just remember picking a bunch of my friends up and like just crazy pandemonium. Well, you know what? I think we did do it. It, it was the good energy of all Dogs Nation. But And I, you know who did say we a lot was Larry Munson. And that's who I was thinking of in that yeah. moment. And I could kind of hear him in my mind's eye. Like I could hear uh, Larry Munson calling that game. And, and I, I really tuned out the announcers. And I was like, I, th- I felt like Larry Munson was going to say something like, at the stroke of midnight, the Dogs yeah. have won. And, they've <laughs> you know, done it. and uh, I was watching. We just did a, a gig with Driving and Crying over at the Pete's Drop. And I was over at Kevin's place. And we we had a big group of folks and we were all watching the game and we totally forgot about new year's eve we just mm-hmm. we were just all about the game and right. we we're down in those wings it. and and going Love. crazy when they won i just think it was a bigger deal than new year's eve really it kind of eclipsed the whole you, thing you know what's cool when you mentioned munson is i grew up listening to munson me too my kids have probably vague memories of munson but real they they know munson via those calls but scott howard has some incredible call the, oh yeah no good g- did you did you hear, like, so good I, so, so brilliant it's cool that the torch was passed off that way you know there's a whole new generation that that's you know he he's their guy he's their he's their voice no doubt about it yeah. speaking of the dogs I know, right a fellow who you probably know just walked into the control room over there buck baloo Oh, yeah, there he is, quarterback yeah. of the old eighty and, uh, national championship. And I, I got team. a question for you, Corey Smith. Uh, with all respect to Mr. Ballou, uh, do you yeah. think now that Stetson Bennett is the greatest quarterback in the history of Georgia football? <laughs> I, I don't see how you beat the story of Stetson Bennett. Yeah, you know, it's no, better I, than Rudy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. I mean, and not just Georgia football, across football. I just don't see how you beat that story. I got to hang out with Stetson in the springtime. He came to the Georgia Theater Show in Athens. That's cool. And we hung out for probably an hour and a half. I was really impressed by how down-to-earth he was and how cerebral he was. And I, I just think if you can't be inspired by the Stetson Bennett story, then something's wrong with your soul (laughs) i've never been a doubter though i he's one that i was never one of the guys that were like hey get him out of there get him out i was like kirby knows man he definitely knows better than i do watching from my couch on a saturday he's at practice but those people that never gave stetson a chance they're still out there even 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 new year's eve night they're still like i can't believe he's in here get that bomb out i'm like are you kidding me yeah like i can't wrap my head around people that think like that I can't imagine what it takes to remain so focused in the midst of all that. When we played Georgia Tech, for the first time I got to go down and watch a game from the sideline in in Athens. I'd seen one in Florida, in Jacksonville before, but never in Athens. So me and my son are down there, and we're like right next to the the defense's bench. I couldn't believe how chaotic it was and how you you can't really see anything from the sideline. 
uh, it, there's people everywhere, and I I never appreciated until then how loud it is. Because that that Georgia Tech game, it's not like that was a huge game. We were big favorites. The stadium wasn't even at, at capacity, um, but it, it was deafening loud, like yeah. two freight trains. Yeah. Uh, I I just so to me, it's it. I've got a newfound appreciation for the the level of concentration it must take to stay focused. And amidst all that, and, and to be able to like make a bad play and then come right back the next play, and just it, it's impressive. Put I think it it's, it's probably a testament to the the culture that Kirby's built there and the discipline that they have. Yeah, no doubt. the The loudness thing is real too. Uh, I saw a stat from ESPN's Info and Stats, whatever their that handle is on Twitter, that they just throw out these really cool stats about college football. Up until Georgia Tennessee, the loudest game that had ever been played in college football was Tennessee Alabama at Neyland, right? And it was like 125.7 decibels or whatever, and that was the loudest ever. And then the next one that bumped it off was Georgia Tennessee, and it was like 137 decibels, which is interesting because you have 10,000 less people in Athens than you did in Knoxville. So that tells you how loud and how chaotic and how crazy the Georgia fans were on that day to make sure that they assisted their team and helped their team, and they did, man. That was the difference maker in the Georgia Tennessee game, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. All those false starts. Uh, it's, it was unreal. It's got to be nearly impossible. I, I remember just in the Georgia Tech game, standing right next to my son, trying to have a conversation. You and we're, I'm yelling just to, for him to <laughs> barely be able to hear me and vice versa. And I, that's without helmets on, and that's not on the center of the field. So I just, wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And you know, one thing you can't measure with stats is heart. But I tell you what, Stetson Bennett, I think uh, – most heart of all time. Easy. You know what I mean? And another big moment in that game, I think, was uh, Coach Smart calling that timeout when, that, uh, when they were trying to fake that punt. And that really turned the tide, I think, and, uh, and allowed Stetson Bennett to go out and throw those two touchdown passes. You know, I remember back to not just the Alabama-Georgia games, but watching Alabama over the years and how Saban was always about those details like it's a game of inches it's little and Alabama seemed to always make these little plays that that were like that other that teams did not make that made the difference and now Georgia makes those plays like how about that that heads up play against LSU uh, to pick up the block field goal and run it back the first score of the game yeah that that's a changed the whole dynamic of the game and you know some people might look in that and go well that's a fluke no, that's not a fluke. No, that's, that's, that's a play preparation. That, yes, that's a play that most teams don't have aren't aren't heads up enough to make that play, uh, and that that's just kind of cool. It's, after the championship last year, we were up in Indy for it, and you know it was we were elated just like everybody else, uh, and you know every other Georgia fan. You know immediately, you know it seemed like everybody turned the conversation. Well, what do you, what do you think y'all are going to do next year? It's like you know what I don't I don't know. We'll, we will lose another ball game at some point it's, in the future. We happen. don't know. But what I do know now is that we are going to compete every single game. Georgia will compete, and nobody's going to look past us. And that's what else can you say? Yeah. Uh, what, and, what What else can you ask for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to always be relevant. You may not. Yes. not well, you may not win them all, and you're not going to. At some point, you're right. They will yeah. lose. But to be relevant, Scott is incredible and that's exactly where we want the dogs to be oh yeah we've had a lot of years uh with the braves and the dogs where we kind of weren't just to, to be <laughs> right. honest with you you know those 80s braves when you yeah. can buy a seven dollar ticket in the dugout next to dale murphy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's funk nice. county stadium 
But uh, speaking of being relevant, uh, we got a big year coming up in 23, and we want to look ahead to that. And uh, and uh, you're you're keeping yourself relevant as always uh, by releasing new music all the time. And I'm, I'm really excited about your new record, uh, Suburban Drawl, which is brilliant, brilliant. Uh, the first album that you've uh, kind of allowed some folks to come in and co-write with you, which is interesting on the majority of the songs anyway. And then. Uh, and that's coming up soon. Release date is to be announced. But uh, tell us about this record. It, a lot of it is a result of all the time during the pandemic uh, where I, I was at home. And, and the first part of 2020, uh, you know, I'd had, I had some eye surgery. I, I had actually, prior to the pandemic, I had to cancel the whole first quarter of dates so that I could address this uh, vision issue that I had. And it was risky and won't go into all of it. But uh, I, I wasn't sure when or if I would ever go back to, to touring. But the, the surgery went well. It was all good. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. So then, so the first part of 2020, I was kind of prepared for time at home, and I was very creative. I wrote a bunch of new songs. And then in the second half of 2020, I hit the worst writer's block that I'd ever had before. Uh, and I, it was not for lack of effort. I, I had I had very regimented days where I would get up in the mornings. I would journal write for 30 minutes. I would practice guitar for an hour. I would listen to music. I would work in the studio. I would put in full days. And I just wasn't finishing anything. I couldn't get anything out. Then I, mm -hmm. I kind of put myself back through boot camp, like a songwriter boot camp. I studying music theory, uh, getting you know, trying to up my game on guitar. And nothing. I did seem to work and it got to the point where I every day me going down there trying to write felt like a like a grind and I was like you know in, in studying all these different techniques for writing songs I found that one technique that is probably the most common is co-writing and I had never wanted to co-write before because I enjoyed writing by myself I enjoyed struggling with the with the words and the message uh, and I enjoyed the idea that this is my song you know this is mm -hmm. these are my words if you don't like it I'm the only person to blame and all that and so all my records I wrote every song on all the records every word every song I had meanwhile I had a lot of great friends that are other artists and and songwriters uh, that were always asking me to write with them and I was just like yeah that's not really what I do so in 2020 for the first time by by the end of 2020 I was like when things open back up I'm calling my friends and I'm gonna I want to I was just craving to be in the room with somebody else to bounce my ideas off of to get some feedback and I think prior to that I, I co-writing wasn't as big of a deal to me because I was on the road so I could write a little bit of a song and I could go mess around with it and sound check and I could get some feedback from the guys and go back it but but that being at home every day doing that was was almost depressing so when mm -hmm. I, I I started calling up some friends like Wyatt Durrett um, love that guy. Yeah, uh, Levi Lowry lives love like down the guy. street from me, uh, like ten minutes away in in Winder. Uh, you know, a friend of mine, Jacob Powell. Then I hooked up with Jeb Gibson and Chris Dubois, and and my friend Tyler Reeve, uh, Cole Taylor, wow. uh, Jordan Rager. Uh, I love that kid too. Yeah, I mean, just big dogs. And fan. these are all people that I've known for for years, for for the most part. Um, and man, I loved it. It was just I I can't. And the great thing about it was it was like I realized that co-writing could be whatever I wanted it to be. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a like this is the way it's done, which is the way I always thought it was. It was like, well, that's the corporate Nashville way to do it. But for me, it gave me a chance to take songs that I'd been stuck on and play them for other writers and have them go sometimes like, eh, that's kind of all right. Ooh, or that, ooh, that's cool. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. And then get a fresh perspective on it. And sometimes co-writing was as easy as somebody just giving me like 
pumping me up going, dude, just, yeah, do some more of that, you know, kind of poking and prodding me in certain directions. And I I just, you know, it it was a big change for me, but I really love it. And I I think these are the best songs that I've ever written. That's awesome, man. There's something similar that I heard that uh, a guy I know you know well, Brantley Gilbert said, and he's got that new song called Heaven by Then. And he said, we're kind of in that same, he was with songwriters and co-writers, whatever, and they were fooling around and just couldn't get anywhere. And somebody heard overheard him talking he was like good lord well i hope i'm in heaven by then they're like wait that's it and sure enough that whole writing session turns around and then they come up with this incredible song so it it makes perfect sense and then when you have the room of writers that you're talking about how can you not just come up with something that is extraordinary yeah and it was better because the writers were were mostly people that knew me even if they didn't know me personally they were familiar with my music uh and and so it wasn't people trying to force me out of my comfort zone or trying to get me to do something different it was it was people that i i feel like it, it brought the best out in me um and and each one of these songs when i sang them in the studio like these are every bit my songs as much as ones I wrote by myself. They're also those other writers' songs as well. They contributed to them in, in, in valuable ways. They wouldn't have been written without them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still feel the emotion of every word. Got to be great having Levi Lowry as oh your neighbor. Gosh. And he just comes Holy over. Cow. And he's a world-class <laughs> songwriter, but then he's also just your neighbor and your buddy. And he comes over. And how did that go? Well, oh, it was awesome. But I didn't realize he lived in Winder. Oh, I, I was, oh wow! I was down in Isle of Palms writing with uh, with Wyatt Durrett, and it was one of the, the one of the first like real co-writes where I, I went down there and was his house for a couple of days, and we were just messing around. And as we were hanging out, he was like, "Man, you need to call up Levi." And I was like, "Man, I haven't seen Levi in, in years. Where's he now?" And he's like, "Oh, he's somewhere in Georgia. Uh, I think he's close to you." And he's like, "I think it's like a, a win- winder, winder." And I'm like, "Winder." Yeah, he lives in Winder. That's like right down the road from me. So mm-hmm. I got back home and called Levi, and and uh, he came over the next week. And yeah, we do that's we, awesome. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. Being able, like I said, just world class talent that comes from the state is always so impressive, and I always, I always love, I love those stories. Quickly before we move on, because I know I want to talk about the the new single and the new the uh, more about the new album, but getting out of your comfort zone though. Is is that something that you ever embrace, or is that something that because you said they didn't push you out of their comfort zone? Because sometimes that seems like something that you would want to have done. In certain ways, yes. I think that for years, a lot of people told me I should co-write. Managers would tell me you should co-write. You know, people at record labels, publishing companies. You know, I never signed a publishing deal because the publishing deal was always, uh, you know, a prerequisite for it was you had to agree to co-write all the time, and I just. I didn't feel the desire to, and and I'm so stubborn and hard-headed, the fact that people are (laughs) telling me ought to makes me want to not do it even more. (laughs) (laughs) I got some of that in there, too. Yeah, so it was, I even told, uh, I told people before, like, you know, I would rather fail at doing something my way than succeed at doing it somebody else's way. You know, that's the level of stubborn I am. (laughs) I love it, though. (laughs) I love it. And uh, it took me on my own before the light bulb went on, and I, I actually wanted to co-write, and my heart was in it. So it, it was different. And when, you know, so that was the biggest part of getting, that was the, just the doing that was out of my comfort zone. And that had to come from me. And that, that had to come from me realizing that sometimes, you know, being stubborn can be good sometimes, uh, but 
other times, you know, kind of like what got you here may not get you there. You know what I mean? Like and you, recognizing and, and, and yeah. being able to understand it and recognize it. But like you said, in your own way, which is so important because otherwise you're back to stubborn. Yeah. And it, and it felt like before I didn't want to co-write because doing it that way made me happy. It made me feel fulfilled uh, and it felt pure uh, and I got joy out of it. But when I know when I when that writing every day by myself wasn't producing results and it became a grind and a and a real like problem for my mental health, it was like you know what Smith this this ain't working for you anymore, buddy. Like you need to like something's up and it was like a, a switch flipped and you know here we are. Do you think you'll rotate through those moving forward though? Sometimes write by yourself, sometimes go oh, write. Absolutely, I, I, I will still write by yeah. myself most of the time. But it's nice. It actually gives me more purpose when I'm writing by myself because now I I realize. I don't have to finish a whole song. If I'm stuck, keep your voice memo. Next time you're hanging out with Tyler Reeve, play this for him and see if it, it you know, if, if it clicks. If it does, we might go off the races. If it doesn't click, that's fine. I'll just, I'll have it and I can work on another time. Uh, it's not a, I, I've, I've found that the writers I've been, I've worked with, I've enjoyed every single write that I've been in and there's been no ego in it, no cool. sense of competition. That's it's cool. just been very laid, laid back and, you know, just fun. Corey Smith on the Braves Radio Network here on the Braves Country Podcast, CoreySmith.com, and at Corey Smith Music across social media. And the new album, uh, Suburban Draw, you can get it at CoreySmith.com very soon. The first single is uh, Still in the Running, coming out January 6th. Tell us about that song. Who'd you co-write on that one with, and, and what's that about, Still in the Running? So after you know going through everything in 2020 and kind of doing all this soul-searching, I, I, I got to this place where... You know, I had been through the, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to keep doing this anymore. This is, you know, this kind of stuff didn't work. I'm not sure if I was going to go back out on the road again. But then when I started playing shows again late in 2020 and then into early 2021, it was like, I got like, man, like, this is great. Like, I've been doing this now for, you know, 16 years and I can't believe, you know, that I'm still doing this. And I felt like I had really persevered. And so I had to kind of you know, it, it, there's a lot of ups and downs in in this business, a lot like there are in most businesses. Uh, and the highs can get really high, like what we had in Myrtle Beach the other night. The lows that come after a show that you don't play your best, that uh, maybe the turnout wasn't there, maybe you lost money on it. Uh, maybe you, you pitched somebody some music hoping that you might get an opportunity and they rejected it. You know, that, that kind of stuff. It's Those lows are really low. And I, I, I've learned, I've been through so many of those cycles that it's all about that, that mindset. It's like, you know what, I've, I've been here before and I, I, know, I know what I have to do to, to get back up. Um, so one afternoon I was sitting on the porch at the house just messing around on the guitar and to me all all the great songs usually start out in this kind of way where it's um it a, a line or two just come out melody and everything and i just remember sitting there going it set me back but i'm still in the running still in the running sure ain't the worst place to be and i was just that enough that right there gave me chills and i thought this is something and i i got a verse out and then I was kind of stuck and I, I, I kept working, but I just couldn't get anywhere. So it's one of those songs I had it in my pocket and I was up in Nashville for a week doing some writing and I was going into my first writing session with Jeb Gibson from who's up from Rabin County. 
and Chris Dubois, uh, who's written a ton oh of hit gosh. songs, like oh all, all the Brad Paisley, Paisley stuff. stuff really yep. like, hey, I mean, he's he's a monster. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century Twenty One Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the Island area, and Atlanta's beach beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today. 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Uh, and the cool thing about Chris is he doesn't play guitar or really sing. He's a lyric guy. Oh, wow. And, and I kind of pride myself on being a lyric guy, and he's very cerebral. Uh, he really thinks about things and maps things out, um, and I dig that about him. you know. And, and But anyway, I go into this first write with them, and I'd had about a two-hour break in between my other rights, and driving over there, I just that song came back and hit me, and I was sitting there humming it, set me back. So I walked into the right, and I'm like, hey, guys, I, was like, I don't know if y'all got any plans or ideas, but, dude, th- I can't get this one out of my head. And I just I didn't even have my guitar. I just clapped it and sang what I had. And, you know, they were both like, well, yeah, let's do that. That's and, awesome. You know, they and then, you know, they and it was nice because they were able to, to like get me unstuck from my little narrow way of thinking about the song and broaden it out, which is what you aim for. Uh, so I just, and I knew like for me, it was like, this is my ethos right now at this point in my life. And when I, when I played the song later for my friends that are all, you know, kind of in their forties and late thirties, it just does something that like, yeah, I've still yeah. got a long way yeah. to go. You know? I love that, dude. Anytime you can get inspired and encouraged and, and believe in yourself and feel good about it, you always do better, man. I'm I'm a big fan of that way of thinking, too. And you got a uh, show coming up at the Buckhead Theater the day yeah. before my birthday, January 21st. Buckhead in, in Atlanta. Music fans coming out to see you knowing that they have experienced something at a show or by listening to music that they've literally went and spent their hard-earned money to come see you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a great feeling. And when, I, when I'm able to go out there with the, with the band and we know that we're playing at our best uh, and to get that response and see people smiling and singing along, I mean, it is, it's a dream come true. Um, and, and after all this time, to still be able to do that, it's just a tremendous blessing. Yeah, you're still in the running. Yeah. There you go. Right, there you go. We'd Talking love to hear the, the song. I know, right? We'd love to hear the song yeah. if you want to. I know you brought your guitar, man. Yeah, um, I actually brought my son's guitar. Oh, my guitars. The main ones I play were on the trailer because we just got off the road. So I bought this for my son for his uh, 17th birthday. So I I didn't tell him, but I brought it. Uh, He'll find out later. (laughs) Did you buy it for him just so you'd have a backup guitar? You can be honest with us. No, no, they they uh, they got me at the guitar center. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's 
<laughs> so, they got me. Oh, they saw me coming. They did. Well, they know me in there at the one yeah. in Athens, and they know I'm usually in there looking for high-end stuff. So I go in and uh, tell them, I was like, hey, this is my son's. Uh, he'd been playing guitar for a few years, but I was like, this is the first guitar he's picking out. And the guy takes us back there, and he immediately points out. I was like, "Well, we got that new that new J forty five up there, and we got this, you know, like a, a Martin, like." And I'm like, "Ooh, ooh. yeah." And, and then I'm, I'm thinking, "Quit like, talking." You're like, yeah. "I said first guitar." <laughs> yeah, and so of course, my, my son's, you know, I'm like, "Just look around and see what speaks to you." And of, of course, he just looks up there and he's like, "Well, what about that that one up there?" I'm like, "Oh no, the one I told you not <laughs> to look at." <laughs> so he played it, and uh, I guess has an ear for guitars because it's awesome. I actually played this on my record too. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, but do you expect, and I don't want to stop you from playing because I, I want to hear the song too. Do you expect that your son is going to start playing with you on some of that stuff? I don't think so. I think they, uh, I mean, that would be awesome. Now both my boys are kind of picking on the guitar a little bit. You know, I think it's good that uh, I, I was I was probably too focused on on things like this when I was a kid and I wasn't focused on my grades and uh, they they are focused on the right things, it seems like, so far. But no, it's it's fun. I mean, we've we've got a lot of great memories of just sitting around you know with my younger one playing on a uh a djembe or something and aiden p- picking along on the guitar it's, it's fun it's great memories that's how i learned to play I, it wasn't because i thought i was going to be successful it's because it's fun to do yeah and it's fun to share playing music with people you know around you, your friends and your family and stuff it's it, it's a great way to make memories that's so cool man we'll, we'll hit it off Corey smith on the atlanta braves radio network on the braves country podcast I've been here before, I know the scenery well Through the dust is the ass end of everyone else I flew out of the gate like a rocket It looked like I'd have a win in my pocket But I hit the dirt and now I'm laying here hurting like hell Telling myself it set me back, but I'm still in the running. Still in the running. Oh, it sure ain't the worst place to be. I fell off track, but my engine's still a humming. But there's a better. Sleeping out on the couch I wasn't blessed with a talent for shutting my mouth I think I'll wake up and make her some breakfast Go to Jared and buy her that necklace Try to clean up the mess that I made of tonight Oh Set me back, but I'm still in the running. Still in the running. Oh, it sure ain't the worst place to be. I fell off track, but my engine's still a humming boy. There's a better.
I've been here before I know the scenery well Staring up at a Bible Been stuck on a shelf Picking my sorry ass off the carpet And putting my wandering eyes on the target Getting back on my feet It means hitting my knees Yes, but I believe it set me back But I'm still in the running Still in the running Oh, it sure ain't the worst place to be Oh, I fell off track But my engine's still a humming boy There's a better Unbelievable, yes, man. Sir. Unbelievable. I made so many notes. <laughs> great go, song. Go. Great it is song. a great song from the upcoming album Suburban Draw, Still in the Running, Corey Smith. And uh, you can uh, find more out about Corey at CoreySmith.com, also at Corey Smith Music across social Are media. Are you going to play that song at uh, the Buckhead Theater on Saturday, January 21st? Oh, a- absolutely. Son. That's a great song. That and many, many others. <laughs> I would imagine so. I-, I wrote down the word hopeful because I heard a lot of hope in that song. Mm-hmm. And especially here in the new year, you're always hopeful, right? So it fits. I wrote down country soul. That's such a soulful song. And I don't even know if there's a category called country soul or not. But Yeah, like yeah, that makes me think of Brent Cobb. Brent Cobb's oh, got country soul. Yeah, so, uh, I, yeah. I think it, we're kind of kindred spirits. Uh, me and Brent, uh, we, we're both we're like from Georgia. Uh, we're purist singer songwriter kind of people, uh, but we also, you know, we love the the, the Almond Brothers and we love James Brown. Yeah. And we love, Otis Redding and and all Ray Charles, all that kind of stuff that's uh, undeniably, uh, you know, Southern and, and you know Georgia kind of roots. Gosh, yeah, man, I, I and I hear it in both of y'all, man. It's so stinking good. And a little bit earlier, we were talking about uh, them Georgia Bulldogs. Yes, sir. We um we would be letting people down <laughs> yeah. if we did not play a great song. That uh, maybe harken back to earlier in your career, but also singing about them Georgia Bulldogs that bring us all together. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. Some, something special. Uh, I'm going to sing you the uh, most updated okay. version okay. of uh, Every of Dog. Every Dog, yeah. Oh, it, it uh, gets updated as we go, huh? Not not always. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll drive myself nuts if I feel like that pressure, like, oh, i got to write a new one for this yeah, game right. or that game. Yeah. So I, I, I try not to think about it. Uh, and in the spring, springtime when i had the the show in at the theater i was mentioning earlier where stetson uh bennett mm-hmm. came out and uh glenn schumann was there the defensive oh, wow. coordinator yeah. and got, had we had a great hang that night uh but you know it was my first show in athens since the championship uh and we were had been on spring break up in jacksonville or down in jacksonville like pontevedra and we were driving back that day for the day of the show and on the way back I, the the lyrics just kind of 
it hit me by the time I pulled up to the theater in Athens. I was like, I think I got a new verse, and I broke it out that night. So That's so cool, gonna, man. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this or not. I can't remember if I told you the last time you were here, but I remember introducing this song to my son when he was eight years old, maybe, <laughs> you know, uh, when when he started paying attention to music. Yeah. And he was, you know, he loves the Braves and he loves the Bulldogs. And I remember it was probably, we probably lost to Florida or something. I don't know. Oh, and, yeah. and I was like, buddy, listen to this song right here. Let's make you feel better. I promise you. And yeah. he's been a fan of this song ever since man you have unbelievable impact and i, and I know you know it but sometimes i don't think there's a, a way to know how many people you actually touch with your music well I, I appreciate it that's that's really what it's all about and it's the most rewarding thing to know to, to put so much time and effort into writing these little things that rhyme and uh, see when they when they move people and, and hear how the, people have memories around them, you know. I, I think that's been the biggest blessing of, of not being like a big country radio star is that most people who have found out my music have found out about it from somebody important to them, from their dad, from their friend in college, from their uh, who, who they were uh, deployed with overseas sure. and they were homesick. And so if people that hear my music tend to have a story with who introduced them to the music and the things they used to do while they were listening to it. And to Gosh. me, it just... I mean, it just gives me chills sometimes to think about it. It's uh, it was so unforeseen. Just, it's amazing. That's that's super special, man. I don't know that I've ever heard an artist say that before, and maybe they have. But yeah. you summarized it better than anybody else. It comes from somewhere special and from somebody special. That's what life's all about, and that's what music's all about, and that's how it all brings us together. Yeah. I love it, dude. That's yeah. incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. All right, a little every dog. Yeah, let's hear some every dog so we can celebrate these dogs who are about to win this national <laughs> let's championship. Go! Long ride back from Jacksonville, 500 miles from a game we should have won. Man, we ought to burn down that stadium. Thought this year was gonna be ours, talking too much junk in those Florida bars. Now I'm stunned. Man, I wish it was 1981, and, and I know why they say. Every dog has his days, can't win every game we play, but every dog has his days. Longing for those glory days like the one when he cried, run, Lindsay, run. I was too young to be there, but I'm sure it was fun. Bet that crowd was flying high And I bet glory to old Georgia Was cried as the band played Man, I wish I could feel that way today And I know why they say Every dog has his days Can't win every game we play But every dog has his days And I play back my favorite like that last minute win up in Tennessee, yeah. I bet them hobnails hurt like hell. And I got sweet memories of 2002 on the SEC and the Sugar Bowl, too. Man, we had a ball down on Bourbon Street. Whoa, whoa, those were the days. 
January 10, 2022, row number five, section 643. Alabama 18, the dog's 33. Damn right I was flying high. Yeah, there's a happy tear in my eye. It was our time. And I was yelling, go dogs from the 20-yard line. Yeah, I know why they say. Every dog has his days, can't win every game we play. Oh, but you know we're gonna have our days. Then we'll be singing glory, glory to old Georgia. Glory, glory to old Georgia. Glory, glory to old Georgia. And to hell with Georgia Tech. Buddy, that'll make you want to run through a wall. <laughs> we got Brian Hoyt in the back of that control room singing his heart out. <laughs> Knows every word. It's so brilliant when a song like that pulls so many people together. I mean, think about how many people love the Georgia Bulldogs and sing along to that song. I mean, I'm over here in tears. Buddy, <laughs> I'm telling you, when he started, when you hit it off of glory, glory to old Georgia, I mean, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. I could have played at Georgia in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that mower was over, I'd have been mowed over, and they'd be like, "Son, get get your tail out of here." Well, how does it feel to ha- to be to love the the Georgia Bulldogs as much as you do, and then to write a song like that that means so much to to That's Dogs Nation? Such a great. I mean, question. and now you're kind of part of the team. How does it feel? Uh, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, over the years, I've had a lot of amazing experiences. Going back to back when Stafford and Noshawn were there, uh, you know, hanging out with a bunch of those guys. Um, and uh, you know, got to know Mike Bobo a little bit. He came out to one of my mm-hmm. shows in Myrtle Beach. And uh, but I've always like, I, I don't know. I, I'm I've, I'm not a fan of like pandering or, no, or trying to take advantage of a, a Georgia connection. That's not. I never set out to do that. No, you're I, coming from a real place. I set out to to write songs about yeah. you know my life and and mm-hmm. it's just it's cool that it's happened like that. Um, you know, and it's. Uh, but people recognize it. That just back to that, so, yeah, back know, to that like, authenticity. People yeah. recognize it, and that's the reason it connects. If you were trying to pander, it wouldn't connect. And there's a couple songs that I can think of off the top of my head that have been hits in country music that were so pandering, and I was, and they were hits. And I still, to this moment, I'm just like, Egh. no, yeah. thank you. And I won't say which ones it is because it doesn't matter, and I don't want to. I'm not trying to run anybody down, but I'm just telling you the difference is authenticity, and people can hear it in your voice when it's real. Well, we 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 spent a lot of time over the years and. Uh, in section, you know, what three twenty two up in the uh, at Sanford. That's where our season tickets are. They're not they're not great seats. But that's where my family seats are. And when I'm in town, I go with them. If I'm not there, uh, then then they're there. It's not. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't. They don't roll out the carpet when I show up to the stadium. I, I, all these years, <laughs> I, you know, that going to the sideline for Georgia Tech's the only time anything like that's uh, happened, uh, which, which was an, an honor. But I certainly don't expect anything more than to be able to go to the game like everybody else and watch it from our seats up there and it's just something that's uh really special and i'm i'm glad that i've been able to put some of that into words um and actually on this new record there's there's two songs that are uh not they're not necessarily georgia specific uh but there there's two songs about football on there 
I have a really good feeling about next year after the record's out, uh, when those songs come out. I, I hope that those songs will really resonate with just football fans. If anybody that follows my music knows I'm a Georgia fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was an opportunity to really think about the the game uh you know if i have this song called a baseball song that was inspired yeah. by the braves you know it's how wh- what a great metaphor for life baseball can be sure it is it's kind of the same stuff with uh with football um i wrote this song with uh cole taylor uh it's called football games and girls and i've played it I a love few both. times live yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. Of both i'm into that song <laughs> you know it's, already <laughs> it's another one of those stories where i i started writing the song after one of those alabama losses uh, back in probably 20, it, it was after the national championship game. I think it was when, we, when they played us at home last. It was just another disappointing defeat to Alabama, and I tried to put it in words. I wrote a song, or I wrote a verse, and I wrote a chorus. Uh, and I think the name of the song was going to be, in, in my mind, it was going to be Unhappy Endings. And, uh, the, but I had a verse and a chorus, and I just was stuck on it. I couldn't take it anywhere. And, but I, I did a lot of soul searching, and I started thinking about how you know, when you're a young man, uh, you know what heartbreak is. If you've lost, you know, if someone's dumped you, you know, like you, you have your heart broken by, by somebody. It's, it's horrible, you know. But for people like me, I've been married for 20 years. I haven't had my heart broken in a long time. Uh, football, losing that game, it's the closest thing to heartbreak that you, you, sure. can, you can feel that's not real heartbreak. We know it's a game, right? We know it's a game. But you care so much. You care so much about it. At the end of the day, you know, it, it's like a, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like a simulation of, of heart, heartache. Um, and I, I was talking about this with, with Cole, and he's like, dude, uh, I, I think I got a new hook. And basically, we went off to the races and wrote the rest of the song in like 30, 40 minutes. Um, That's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm excited about getting that one out, you know, some some point. Football and uh, girls. Uh, yeah, but it's a it's a song about heart heartbreak, and I don't want to even think about that too much right now because yeah. we got a big game. Yeah, we got a big, we game, got a big game coming up, man. I just wanted to make sure people know when they get the album which one to go to <laughs> yeah. and which one that, that you were talking yeah. about. I want to make sure I get the it title out there. It was inspired by a damn Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> well, you're very humble, Corey Smith. Yeah, you're very you humble, are. but I got to say, I, I think you're the poet lariat of a Georgia Bulldogs football. Uh, I, I would I would take that compliment uh, for sure. I, I appreciate that. If, if we're in Congress... You know, like, yeah, like yeah. we would hear. I'll second that motion. This is Braves Country Podcast. We are the Congress of Georgia and yeah. uh, and uh, Braves <laughs> baseball, and uh, we're going to go ahead and make that proclamation right now. And I know you love the Bravos, so let's look ahead to the next Braves season. Yeah, man, we got a big season coming up. But what are your thoughts on this whole? You know, Dansby's gone. We signed Murphy to a long term deal, and he had even yeah. played a single inning. Uh, what do you think? I, I similar to my comments on Georgia, the program that Snicker has there, we are going to compete. You know, we're, we're going to compete. We're not going to win all the games. And it, I think with each team, until you get that new team on the field, uh, you don't really know how that chemistry is going to work out. But I think the organization as a whole, they know what they're doing. Clearly. And the, the Braves are going to compete. Uh, you know, I think Grissom's going to have some big shoes to fill uh, without Dansby there. Uh, but we've got a lot of – we've still got a lot of stability on the team that's that's been there. So I, I think like, you know, like most seasons in the past where we deal with a lot of uh, – deal with some changes, we'll, we'll get it figured out. Look, Georgia lost 15 on the defense. <laughs> Good Lord, and look at what they're doing. I yeah. think the Braves are going to be just fine. The Braves will yeah. find a way too. Well, you know, we were talking before the show, and, uh, and I know you're an optimist, and you always pick the Braves and the Dogs. But uh, I would love to get some of your other sports predictions for 2023. Uh, 
I have a whole list of them here. Oh, gosh. I just want to hear you just – now, don't uh, think too hard. Just go with your gut on this. Uh, we know we need to know your World Series winner, your 23 Super Bowl wow. winner, NCAA football, basketball, baseball, maybe tennis and the Kentucky Derby. Go for it, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you even remember all that? Yeah, I've already forgotten, and I've got it right well, down in well, front Well, let's of me. start with the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I'm going to be pulling for the Bills. Okay, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You have to at this point, don't you? Yeah, no yeah, uh, yeah. And it, when it's not not just because of that, but um, you know, I, my my tour manager and day to day manager, Freddie's from Buffalo, and he's a he's as passionate about Buffalo as I am about the dogs. And over the years, he's kind of gotten the dog fever, and he's he's good for him. He's supporting like he he knows how much I care about it. So I feel like you know when the Falcons are out of it, of course, I, which I, is always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always return the favor for him, him, and try to be as passionate about the the Bills. So hey, um, they have a and their their fan base is rabid. I, yeah, they're I, impressive. It, it reminds me of the Georgia base. These yeah. people are that's so passionate a, a, about that. It's a, and it's like a almost a singular thing up there. Uh, you it know, is. it's, uh, it's I do crazy. that too. My buddy Eric von Hessler is from Buffalo, and he's a big uh, Buffalo Bills fan. And so whenever I can, I root for them uh, just for him. You know, and it, it, you got to do that for your buddies. And I found like I like to watch Josh. Josh Allen play quarterback. He's fun. To, he's fun to watch. He was overlooked at Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at, at Wyoming. When do quarterbacks come from Wyoming? The University yeah. of Wyoming. Are you kidding me? The Cowboys. Come on. And yeah. sure enough, and he's made a difference. He was looked over his whole life, and and even through college, and now is is proving that that guys that aren't supposed to do it, like Stetson, guys mm-hmm. are like not supposed to do it. Can any yeah. other predictions for twenty twenty three in sports? You want to you want to go out on a limb on uh, maybe college basketball or anything thing like that? Well, you know, hey, I'm glad Georgia's off to a really good start. Well, they're, they're like eleven and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, really impressive. Unbelievable. Um, I'm not. I'm going to stay away from making any predictions on basketball until we get closer to March. <laughs> Right, and I'll, right. I'll be honest with you, I'm one of these fans where I'm a Georgia football fan. <laughs> like this, the whole fall, like I watch all, I watch football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can watch college football, especially all day. Um, but I, I, I kind of. I'm really focused on Georgia football. Yeah, <laughs> you don't I'll say, you, man. And yeah. so much when the season can't over, imagine why. I, I just can't. I can't really get passionate about like basketball after it's over, or even the mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Even it's like kind of like you yeah. know, it's like dessert. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. like, it's exactly right. <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. And, and I'll tell you, I, I like. I, I'm a fan of Georgia sports. Like I love Georgia's baseball team, and yep. we've been blessed to know a few of the kids that play on that team, and. And uh, we we try to get over to Stegman to see the dogs hoops team, man. We we try to cheer for Georgia. Uh, yeah, and we we try to go to a, at least a couple of basketball games yeah. every year. Uh, I haven't been to a baseball game in a few years, but I'm hoping to get out there. Uh, it, it's just uh, I don't have the bandwidth to be able to. It's keep hard up with every. It's hard every game. At, in, you know, in the midst. I mean, it, especially with baseball. Could, well, especially in baseball and basketball because there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you a college baseball team to watch out for ah, in the next couple of years. <laughs> Our new favorite baseball team is uh, the College of Charleston Cougars. And oh yeah, they, yeah. They got a great coach over there. He won uh, two back to back World Series. Uh, well, college yeah, World Series college championships with the with the USC Gamecocks, mm-hmm. and now he's over there and he's doing really well and he's got a real eye for talent because he's uh, he's signed uh, young Jacob Cowart, son of Tug Cowart. No kidding, going yeah, over there to play oh, ball. Congrats! We're we're delighted, we're blessed, we're honored, and we just appreciate Coach believing in our boy. You know, I need to have your son talk to my son because we were in Charleston uh, Friday night and I 
told my, my son's a senior this year and uh he's not sure uh where he's gonna go yet but i'm like if you're not considering college of charleston something is wrong so yeah. yeah you know it's a great place to go to school oh my buddy goodness. buddy I, and 70 30 girls to boys that's the yeah. first thing my son <laughs> yeah. told me he was like dad did you know yeah oh, oh. aiden and his buddy were walking around we played right downtown and they came yeah. back with a whole new impression of uh charleston yeah. like, dude uh, i'm telling you we went over uh, it's about 18 months ago we went over and went to a Charleston Southern workout, you know, for the baseball players. They didn't really care for Jacob and Jacob really didn't care for the school and it was everybody left, you know, friends, but it just wasn't wasn't the right fit. And we walked through campus at College of Charleston. He was like, this place is unbelievable. (laughs) Went into the bookstore, bought a College of Charleston sweatshirt. He talked about it and talked about it. We never got any traction and good Lord willing and uh, Scott Munn helping out. Um, all of a sudden the door opened and 13 days from the day we spoke to coach to the day that, that things were done and, and sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered and national signing day and the whole nine yards and, and it was over. It, it like came full circle in 18 months. It wow. just uh, so random and such a blessing from the good Lord and man – if your son ain't looking at college charleston he needs to be they're 23 <laughs> in the nation too their basketball team really? number 23 in the nation this week wow. i love those underdog schools that are not really at the top tier or division one but they're yeah, mid-majors but, they, but they're yeah. there and they pop up and and beat people all the time and uh, i think i'm picking them to win it all in the next couple of years well i hope i hope they do but yeah you know all that stuff it's not about it's not always about or usually it's not about winning a championship because most people don't win a championship right. only mm-hmm. one team can so i've got a lot of wonderful men Memories of losing seasons at Georgia, sure. going yeah. to the game, and you know I'll, it's about the joy of the game and loving the game and the process, and that and that big old G on the side of the helmet. Man, I, I love going out to like Starkville, going to Old, old Miss. Uh, people are every bit as passionate about yeah, Oxford, teams yeah. that are that haven't won an SEC championship in how long? If if you know, if ever, if ever, and they're every bit as passionate as as we are. And that, that's the that's, that's the beauty, beauty, not just of college football, but just sports in general. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of another team who has a passionate follower, I just have one of my visions, Doug. You know this fellow, our buddy Patrick Davis over in South I know Carolina. Patrick, yeah, we had him on. Time, I, yeah. yeah, I think uh, next time, next time Georgia plays South Carolina, I want to see you guys play each other like in a, a face-off <laughs> on stage because he has these South Carolina songs. You guys go back and forth, maybe. Yeah, uh, I remember him from back when he was in uh, living in Columbia. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, we did some shows together there, but he's done really well as a songwriter uh, in Nashville. He's uh, yeah, he's on fire up there. Yeah, he's, he's good, doing he's well, dude. man. I'm telling you, y'all do it like Devil went down to Georgia style. <laughs> they just go back and forth. I love it. But I want to make sure everybody knows about the show on the 21st at the Buckhead Theater. I want you to go get tickets for that show. Go and cheer on and sing to the top of your lungs with Corey Smith. CoreySmith.com, at Corey Smith Music on the social media channels. A brilliant version of the acoustic, you know, playing it live here in the studio was amazing. But uh, we, you've also given us the honor that we're going to get to premiere the single, right? here on the Braves Country Podcast. Love it. So let's hear the new single still in the running from the new record Suburban Drawl. I've been here before I know the scenery well Through the dust is the ass and everyone else I flew out of the gate like a rocket Looked like I'd have a win in my pocket I hit the dirt, now I'm laying here hurting like hell Telling myself to send me back But I'm still in the running Still in the running Oh, sure ain't the worst place to be 
But my engine's still a humming There's a better day coming Yes, I'm still in the running I've been here before Sleeping out on the couch Wasn't blessed with a talent For shutting my mouth Some breakfast, go to Jared and buy her that necklace. Try to clean up the mess that I made up tonight. Oh my, it set me back. But I'm still in the running. Still in the running. Oh, it sure ain't the worst place to be. I fell off track. But my engine's still a humming board There's a better day coming Yes, I'm still in the running Absolutely brilliant. So great. And and I encourage you to go back and, and listen to it again and download it. And uh, if you can buy it, I want you to buy it from CoreySmith.com because I'm sure you sell your music there too, don't you? Yeah, but man, it's a digital age. You know, I'm not selling any vinyl or anything. Okay. So just go stream that thing okay. on, uh, on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon or whatever. I'm Wherever gonna, you listen. Yeah, man. It's like, to me, I, I started out with people giving away CDs on, you know, at shows or letting people come and download them from free from my website. So I'm one of the, those people that I, I'll dig all the streaming stuff. Yeah, so, that's you cool. Know, I might only make a fraction of a cent every time, but 
you know, it adds adds up over time. And absolutely, yeah, man, I'm, that's good. I'm just well, glad that it's, I'm just glad it's finally getting out to the world. Absolutely. Well, go by. I bet you sell some t-shirts on there, don't you? You got t-shirts yeah, on the know, website. Blake is our merchandise manager. Do we sell t-shirts on our website? Thousands. 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 So there you go. So my point is support the artist. That's the most important thing Thank to me. You. you can't download a T-shirt, and but you need to go to that show on Saturday the 21st at the Buckhead Theater and buy the T-shirt and the new record. There yeah, you and we'll be playing. There's 14 tracks on the new record, and it's uh, some of the best stuff I've ever done. I'm just really excited about it. I've been playing some of the stuff at the shows. Uh, definitely will be breaking some out in Buckhead Theater. I'm going to kind of treat that like the, the debut of a lot of the, the material. I haven't been to the Buckhead Theater since before the pandemic. So, yeah, just really excited to be back. A lot Very to look cool. forward to, and man. you're you're welcome back here anytime. Oh my gosh, man! You know, this man I hope is, you know it's consider home. this home base. For Why don't we do this again in August? Let's right, do it. I'll, I'll, Let's do I'll, it. Show, I'll show you with you some of my new football songs I was telling you about. Son, I cannot wait. CoreySmith.com at Corey Smith Music across the social media platforms. Can't thank you enough for your time. We so appreciate your talent, and uh, like Scott said, you're always welcome back here, man. Y'all come back now, you hear? Oh, thank y'all so much. I appreciate you having me. Go dogs, go Braves. There you go. Go God dogs, go Braves. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's. Braves Country supports the Warrior Alliance and the Shepherd's Men, two phenomenal veteran organizations based in the South. Check out thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com for more info and resources. That's thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com. Braves Country would like to thank all of our nation's great veterans. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.